Hey, thank you for joining in on our second episode. I hope you got a chance to listen to the first. Uh, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We really appreciate that. That is uh, uh, some awesome support that you can do. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, le- young people leaving the church, um, specifically millennials and uh, the new generation, Generation Z. So millennials are pretty much anybody from 1985 to about, I think it's like 1998, and then Generation Z is following. So you're a millennial. Yes, I am a millennial. That explains so much. Doesn't it? <laughs> and what are you? Old. Yes, you are. <laughs> I think I'm X. Yeah, I think you're X too. Why do you want to talk about this particular topic today? Well, uh, recently I, I uh, did a lot of research on this over the last several years. Actually, over the last five years, I've done research on specifically youth ministry um, and youth leaving the church. And originally, my theory was that they were leaving because they didn't know enough theology and apologetics. So, like, for example, um, people would say, oh, well, I don't go to church because there's hypocrites. You know, if you read the Bible and you you know, you knew about, if you had studied the Bible, you would see all through the letters that there were plenty of hypocrites in all of the churches. When I went to Liberty, Jerry Sr. was still alive. Yeah. And he mentioned that one day about somebody telling him they don't go to church because it's just a bunch of hypocrites. And he told them, we've got plenty of room for more, so come on. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's great. Um, and then the other side is apologetics. So if you're not sure what that is, uh, apologetics comes from a Greek word, and basically it means, uh, to us, it means defend the faith. And um, so a lot of students struggle with very difficult questions. Mm. Uh, they're challenged every day in school uh, with evolution and, and other things that are basically denying God. And, you know, if they had good apologetics, they would have answers to that. Well, I studied a little bit more, and I actually researched, um, and I, like I actually interviewed students. I implemented a, a particular curriculum, and I saw huge changes. But my, my theory was just a little bit off. As I studied, I found that it was the relationships that they formed while studying theology and apologetics together Mm. because um, they were able to bond on something that wasn't superficial. It was something that was deep. It was something that mattered. And that's something I've noticed this particular generation values over probably, you know, my generation and my parents is uh, relationship. I mean, this is the social media generation. So they're used to people watching their every move and commenting on right absolutely this is what i'm eating for breakfast yeah (laughs) this is what i'm eating for lunch so what i really found in, in in doing this research was that a lot of the issues were because churches were so shallow because for some reason uh, a lot of pastors, and especially youth pastors, they just scratch the surface. A lot of them, youth pastors especially, they'll do, you know, 45 minutes of playtime and playing a game, and then it'll be a 15-minute lesson. And it's like, okay, what are you really trying to do here? Are you trying to entertain students, or are you trying to teach them how to make disciples who make disciples? 
That's one of the things that I was noticing, like I talked about last week, back during the, the pandemic, when I was praying through and, and wanting to have conversations about being better yeah. as a church when we opened back up, was seeing a lot of these things that are just kind of surface uh, dwellers or whatever you want to right. call that. And um, people really, that just show up on Sundays and Wednesdays and they call that church and that's it. Right. That's their full relationship right. with God. And so my whole thing during that was what can we as a church do to be better? Right. Uh, when that wasn't really responded to, then I just kind of took that, okay, well, I'm responsible for this ministry over here in yeah. this church. So what can I do to help this ministry be better? Right. And the people that are volunteering and serving in that ministry be better yeah so yeah and uh you know on on top of that and and some of that has to do with just the church in general being shallow is you got a lot of fake people out there you got a lot of and and you're not going to get rid of them you're you're just not um you know people just have to understand that they are there but when you come across somebody that's fake you should talk to them you should you know say, hey, you know, what, what's the deal here? You know, like, what's your purpose here? One of the questions that I always asked uh, youth groups was, why are you here? Right. Why did you come to, to this event? You know, and, and it's like sometimes, like, I, I just had to have those, I guess, come to Jesus me- meetings with the youth. I love a good come to Jesus. Yeah. Movie. But I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just like they were just showing up to play games and, and have a good time. And it's just like, wait a minute. It's a habit. Exactly. They're just showing up just because that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Yeah, it's where they do church. So in addition to those fake people, a lot of times those fake people end up being hypocrites. And a hypocrite, if you don't know what that is, it's, it's, uh, again, comes from a Greek word. It means actor. It's do as I say, not do as I do. Right. And, you know, everybody's been a hypocrite at some point in their lives. I mean, that's just... That's just life. Um, I was listening to, um, uh, it was an Instagram reel with uh, John Christ, and, and he was talking about some different things. And, and one of the things that he talked about was his experience in, um, in ministry and how people put him on a pedestal. Now, that's the comedian. Yes, the comedian, the John Christ, yeah. yeah. Um, but they put him on a, on a pedestal that nobody could, nobody could ever achieve that. Right, and then as soon as he messed up, they knocked him down and they beat him to a pulp. Well, and that's what Christian culture does, right? Especially, there's a great documentary on um, Hulu. Oh, what is it called? I know, I think it's called Jesus Music. Yeah, it's basically the history of contemporary Christian music. Okay, and one of the interesting things in that was uh, they do an extensive interview with Amy Grant, yeah. who was very popular back in the 80s and the 90s. She was kind of the most famous Christian singer and yeah. was the first to really cross over into mainstream uh, pop music. Yeah. She got crucified for that. Right. Because then, well, she's not really a Christian mm-hmm. if she's got a song on the pop charts. But And that's crazy because it's like, okay, do you listen to any pop music? Because if you said that about Amy Grant and you listen to any pop music, you are straight up a hypocrite. Right. And then um, she got a divorce. Yeah. And pretty much the whole 
Christian community shunned her. Like she talked about, you know, she couldn't even get invitations to go and sing anywhere. And I think it was Mercy Me was going out on tour and invited her to come with them. And she was like, are you sure you really want me? I mean, they had gotten into her head so bad about you're just a terrible person. You're not even a Christian that when uh, a group asked her to come on tour, she she questioned, questioned them, and the lead singer, basic, I'm spoilers for all of this, but go watch the documentary. He's like, absolutely. He said, we wouldn't even be doing what we're doing without the path that you right. kind of pioneered. Of, of course she's going to, you know, I, I, I'll talk about this later on another, on another episode, but, you know, people talk about, you know, oh, everybody makes mistakes. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But everybody also sins on purpose. True. And, you know, the, the whole divorce thing, yes, di- divorce, and actu- actually, if you read the Bible, um, you're actually given a certificate, you can give a certificate of divorce if, the, if uh, they're mar- marital unfaithfulness. So right. if they cheat on you, you're, you're actually allowed to do that. You really just can't date again, or you can't get married again, because then that would be adultery. Um, but, you know, people get so uptight about certain particular sins, and... It runs people off, and and it shouldn't be that way. And let me just let me just say really quick to anybody that wants to go back into my past, and you're gonna find plenty of dirt. I promise. And even today, if you can't I'm, find it, call me. Yeah, uh, I'm I am absolutely 100% a sinner saved by grace, and I have no delusions that. I am. I am an awful person. I am not the best husband. I make awful choices. I make bad mistakes, you know, and I own that. Um, Now, it's not for everybody to have their business in it. If you're going to sit there and call yourself a terrible, horrible person, why am I here? That's my job. I got one job, which is to call you a terrible, horrible person. Well, you're a terrible, horrible person, Well, I know that, but I've I've embraced that. (laughs) Well, so have I. But I'm the nice one. That's why we're here. Yeah, sure he is. (laughs) Um, Go on. You were saying you were such a terrible, horrible human being. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just making the point that nobody should be putting any Christians on pedestals. Uh, just a perfect example: Ra- Ravi Zacharias, like just pastors that are um, that are publicly just, you know, they're they're well known. Everybody knows who they are. Okay, he dies, and then an allegation comes, and then it's just like, oh, his ministry was just terrible. And it's like, wait, wait hold, hold on, mm-hmm. hold on. I, I don't know, I don't know who you think you are, but Ravi Zacharias was also a sinner, you know, and you don't know what struggles he was dealing with and what demons that he had that he was trying to fight. And just because it was a secret doesn't mean that you know he's not a believer or whatever. That's crazy. It's so and, funny because when you're on a church staff, and I know you, you have felt this. I've told people, I said, serving on a church staff is probably as close to being a celebrity as non-celebrities right. will get. Especially oh, yeah. if you're the worship leader and you're on stage yep. and you know people are looking at this every <laughs> Sunday. Um, then you go out into the community and people are just looking for something. Right. And, oh, um, what mistake is he going to make next? I remember when I left the, my last church and I moved, I was in Nashville, which was hundreds of miles away. Yeah. And I went into the grocery store. And it was a brand new store. I don't know 
how yeah. it's laid out. It takes you six months to figure out how the grocery store is laid out, and then you know your way around, and they switch everything up again. So I'm going in, and I turned my cart, and I was getting ready to go down the, the beer aisle. Mm-hmm. And I stopped myself <laughs> and backed up. And then I thought, wait a minute. It's like you're not even allowed to go down the beer aisle. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> nobody here knows me. Right. Who's going to judge? Oh, I saw. But it'd be like, and yeah, so I saw Jeremy what? walking down the beer aisle. And so, okay. Well, so let's just go ahead and accept the the, prim, the presupposition of alcohol is evil, every bit of it and, it, and there's nothing that can ever be right about it. Except for NyQuil. Right. Sure. Sometimes you need NyQuil. So even if that is completely true, you can still walk down the beer aisle. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a little bit closer to the cheese aisle. You know, I'm, I'm on this side. You know, or actually, uh, I love it. Uh, the Walmart that we have here. Um, they've got beer on one side, and then they've got like uh, like toilet paper, and it's like paper goods. And it's like, oh no, what has he done? He's oh. gone down. I'm getting some red solo cups, guys. You know? I just felt like for the last <laughs> ten years, probably longer, maybe fifteen years, it was just like serving on a church. I was a nervous wreck. Yeah, um, especially when you're single. Right. Oh, and, yeah. And you're not married. You don't have kids. People are just, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Early on in my career where stories were circulated. Yeah. And um, I was young and young enough in the ministry that when they got back to me, I just, they were so outlandish and hilarious to me that I laughed. Yeah. And like, I who rem- would believe that? I remember the pastor going, this is, this is not funny. Yeah. And I was like, do you really mean to tell me that people, first of all, would actually say right. that I was in a relationship with a woman that was yeah. my mother's age? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just hilarious. But there is that when you were on a church staff, you are very aware Mm-hmm. That there are eyes on you yep. on the platform, but especially off of the platform. And there may be a lot of listeners that don't want to believe that's true, but it is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have felt those eyes on me and my kids and my wife. I mean, uh, you know, when, when, when you're in service and you got your kids in service and they make a noise, you know, like people mm-hmm. are talking about it. And yeah. it's like, you know what? Mind your own business. Yes. Allow me to parent the way I parent. Right. And you know what? You had kids like you had kids this age at one point too, and you dealt with the same stuff that we're dealing with. Right. But for some reason, because I'm on a church staff, oh well, I've I have to I have to be this kind of parent or what it is, perfect parent that, you know, never right. makes any mistakes and their kids have to be perfect too. It's crazy. Right. And so it was always very like and for a long time I was not ordained. Yeah. The first couple of churches that I was in, I was not ordained. And I remember a sweet lady uh, church that I was in in Knoxville. She asked me one day, she says, why are you not ordained? Well, if you read scripture, um, Paul tells Timothy that if you aspire to teach, that is a higher calling. You're going to be held to a higher right. standard. Right. And so I always kept that in my mind, and I knew 
that I am a terrible, horrible sinner, <laughs> but I'm the nice one. And um, in my own mind, I didn't live up to those standards. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not holy enough yeah. to be ordained. Um, I said, sometimes I still get upset. And sometimes words come out of my mouth and there's nobody there to bleep me. Yeah. So it's like, I just don't feel that I should be ordained. Right. Uh, now, a few years later, I had to be ordained in order to accept a job that I was, that I was doing. And even then, I just felt like, you know, who am I? Yeah. You know? uh, well, that, still feel that way. Yeah. Uh, especially... You don't have to be on a church staff. If somebody knows that you are a Christian. Oh, absolutely. Then, especially if they're not a Christian. Yes. You know, non-Christians are going to, you know, like, well, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. Yep. And, um, of course, then you have a lot of Christians that are just out to knock you off a pedestal as well. Right. Well, so. you know what this reminds me of is, um, you know, these people that, you know, want to look at you and say, oh, oh, he's doing all these awful things. And, you know, people have said awful things about me, too, that weren't even close to true. Right. Like, they just make it up. And actually, there's this one story. Um, I, was at a, I was at a church where the, the pastor had resigned and he left. And people started saying, oh, he left because our finances are bad. And it was like, <laughs> no, like we're actually doing really solid. Like he really just retired. Like it's, it's okay people, you know, but people, if, if they don't know, they're going to make it up. They're, yeah. And it's called, it's called gossip people. And that's a sin. Right. And you know, it, it reminds me of the story in the Bible where Jesus is talking about, well, there's a, there's a Pharisee and then uh, there's uh, another person who's like a beggar or whatever. They're both praying. And the beggar's basically like, Oh Lord, I just, I, I'm not worthy, basically kind of like how you're talking. And then right. you had the Pharisee who's like, thank God, uh, thank you, Lord, for not making me like, like him, that, yeah. like that sinner over there. And it, that's how most of the people in the church act. Right. They look down on everybody else, depending on their sin, because, oh, it's not that, uh, because it's not their kind of sin. The, my whole time in vocational ministry, so I spent 25 years asking and praying like, Lord, are you sure? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Me? Really? Me you want me to right. do this? Exactly. And it's like, you get really humbled um, as a pastor. And a lot of people don't understand that. If you're really called to ministry, you will be humbled. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it, it drives me nuts. I've, I've seen people, um, I, I've seen deacons do it. I, I've seen some pastors do it to where they... They, they dog on somebody else because they committed adultery. This other person committed adultery, or they just got divorced. They didn't actually commit adultery. They didn't do anything wrong. They just they got divorced because of marital unfaithfulness uh, by, by, their, by their spouse. And, um, and they start talking about them, and they start making things up, and they start playing the telephone game, and it's like, you realize this is gossip, right? And gossip is a sin. Pray for brother so-and-so. Man, it, it is, oh, churches are full of gossip. And it's like, oh, oh, what? We don't have any homosexuality, you know. We don't, we don't have any uh, uh, adultery in our church. We're, we're good on that. We don't you have know? any murderers. It's, yeah, we don't have any murderers. That but, you know about. But we got a bunch of liars and hypocrites and gossipers and. <laughs> those, those are fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are fine. Those are cool. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I'm every bit of that. Um, you know, 
I am a sinner saved by grace. I do not deserve anything. Well, what's interesting is Scripture very clearly says God doesn't put a hierarchy. Sin is sin in God's eyes. Well, it all has, it all has the same result. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, same end result whether you lie, mm-hmm. gossip, or whether you murder yep. somebody. That's exactly right. It is right. all the same in God's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. But we like to, we you know, there is the top ten. Yeah. But we like to create our own well, the, top the, ten. The Here ten. are the most offensive, most heinous crimes, sins that you can. The, the Ten commit. Commandments. The Ten Commandments are, are kind of funny because you know, if you read the like the entire book of Leviticus and you actually look at the six hundred and thirteen laws, every single one of those fits into one of those Ten Commandments. Right. They're almost like the Ten Categories instead, right. instead of the Ten Commandments. Um, I don't think Moses ever called them the Ten Commandments either. Um, no, it but, was the law. Yeah, I think it was just the law. Um, but he starts out with that. You know, he gives the Ten Commandments. Why don't commandments. you do some research and find out where the term the Ten Commandments came from? Unless you already know, I Sheldon. Don't. I actually don't know where that comes from. Um, but See, yeah, I think I will look that up. Look There's that actually up. been a couple of things that... Um, that I, I, I want to research. Um, if you don't know, I, I, I like to do research. I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, a bit of a nerd. You're a big nerd. <laughs> I'm a big nerd. Um, and uh, Dork is more I'm appropriate. A very, yeah, dork, whatever. You spend um, a lot of time in the dork forest. Yes, I do. Uh, I, I, I like to write. I like to study. I like to research. And, and there's been some things, you know, in the church, like, you know, what is church exactly? Like, where versus corporate worship what was the what exactly was the weekly gathering that was uh, this uh, the weekly assembly that hebrews talks about you know what does that actually look like um so th- those are some of the things that that i will be researching but yes i will definitely look into the 10 commandments like where did we come up with that term with that term <laughs> i'll say well we have spent a lot of time talking about hypocrites this is clearly something that we both have a lot of Experience. It's definitely a problem. And, yeah, and put a lot of time so and effort into. So how do you deal with that kind of stuff? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's a fantastic question. I know it's a fantastic So question. when you're dealing with hypocrites, one, you deal in humility. But you know what you do? It's very simple. Jesus gives us the answer. Matthew 18. And I, I could, man, I could go on another, I could write a dissertation on Matthew 18 and how the church doesn't do it. Um, you know, well, we'll call that season two. Yeah, we'll like, call that season you two. You could do 20 podcasts on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Matthew 18, basically it says if you, if you, if you find your brother in, in the wrong, go and talk to him. And then if they repent, great. If they don't, go to him with a friend. If they repent, great. If they don't, then take them before the church. And if they repent, great. If they don't, then they're out of the church. You're going to hurt their feelings. I know, it's so bad. They're going to hurt their feelings. I don't care. It's what the Bible says. And they've been in that church for 50 years. I don't care. They it's can what act the Bible however says. they want to I act. I don't care. It's what the Bible says. So a lot of what I've seen in, in ministry is that we don't purge the sin from the camp like you see in the Old Testament. And what you see in Matthew 18, which is what Jesus is explaining to do. Uh, if, if they're not willing to repent and they're in sin, then... They're out. Now, it doesn't mean that 
We can talk about repentance later, but, but repentance doesn't mean that you'll never do it again. I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. No, don't ever do that because you will do it again. Right. I promise. <laughs> um, but we need to learn to purge the sin from the camp. But instead, what happens? You go to a church and the camp just leaves the sin. And then the church has full of just these, these unrepentant sinners and you have these decent Christians that are just leaving it instead of purging it. Which brings us back to what we started talking about, was yeah. why young people are exactly. leaving the church. That's exactly right. Um, and, you know, they, they see this kind of behavior in churches, and they're like, well, I, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, and, and, they, and they see this, and they're like, okay, there's no way that it's genuine. I mean, how could these people say these things but then act this way. Right. I've had several youth ask me that question. Like, I've, I've had youth at just different churches that, that say, you know, this, is a, this guy's a deacon, and I just saw him chew that guy out. You know, like, what's the deal? But then he's getting on to me because, you know, I wore shorts on Sunday morning. <laughs> Shoot him out in Christian love, right? No. Oh, no, no. Not, well, uh, I, I saw a thing online, and it just really kind of slapped me in the face. And it just said, there is no hate greater than Christian love. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I um, thought, wow. Because one of the things that Jesus says in Scripture is the world should know that we are Christians right. by our love. Exactly. So many times you get taken aside and somebody says, now I'm going to tell you this in Christian love. Right. And they proceed to tear you a new one. Well, and then and then the, the, the big joke that, that happens in churches is for some reason they like to preach on they, they like to talk about politics and stuff and they like to talk about the world and now the world is so bad and and uh, and they're they're doing homosexuality and and uh, they're they're uh, doing all this bad stuff you know and they're having all this woke stuff and blah 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 and it's like wait a minute you're upset because they're acting like unbelievers right <laughs> like leave them alone. How does Jesus treat a woman at the well? A perfect example. You know, uh, she says something uh, that, that she's going to do something with the living water. It's, it's uh, John chapter 4. And Jesus says, you know, go tell your husband and, and, and do this. And she says, oh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, I know, you have five. <laughs> yeah. But he never condemns her. No. He never no. condemns her. And that's one of the things... I just laugh. I was visiting with my dad not too long ago, and a friend of his that he taught school with was visiting, and she was telling us about one of their former students that yeah. they had when she was in high school. She's opened up, and I guess you call it an apothecary mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that, yeah. in downtown of this little town in southwest Virginia right. that we grew up in. And uh, she and her life partner, who is female, mm -hmm. um, have just kind of raised the irritation of a lot of the church people yeah. in that town. And so apparently there was a church group that was going to go and just stand outside of this girl's shop and protest. And I just started laughing. And I was like, I, it's, it's hilarious to me that Christians think God needs us to defend him. Right. Uh, I said, From unbelievers. Right. And I said, if Jesus himself was here on earth physically, 
he would not be standing on the corner with a poster shouting at this girl <laughs> yeah. that she's going to hell. Mm-hmm. He would go into the shop yes. and and talk to her. He like, would make a relationship right, with her. Right. And you know, <laughs> how, how how you deal with sin is extremely important. Like a lot of a lot of churches, it seems to be cer- certain sins like homosexuality. Is they say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't get saved right now. You're going to have to fix that first. Fix your like, life. Like, wait a minute. Do you have to fix your, your lying self or your gossiping self or, right. or, or the number of sins that you don't even know about? Right. I know that well, that's you mentioned John Christ earlier. He used to have it. I don't know if he still says it or not, but he used to say, check your heart. Yeah. So back to the students leaving the church. Yeah, we should probably uh, talk or, about that a Or just bit. Young, young people in general. They're doing it because of all these things. And, you know, a lot of it does center around hypocrites. But... Young people thrive on things that are genuine, and they want to see it to be genuine. And here's the thing. If it doesn't have depth... They're not interested. It, they're not interested because no. it, how could it be genuine? How could it be genuine if it's only this shallow? But, but guys, there's so much. I mean, I, I, keep getting, I keep reading tons of books. I keep getting degrees because I just I love doing it. I love, I love school. I love learning about it. And there's, like, no end to it. Like, it's just this bottomless pit of just knowledge that there is and so many deep things that are in, in Scripture. And, and, you know, so many people go around and they're just like, oh, yeah, I know it all. I've read the whole Bible. And it's like, <laughs> congratulations, so have I. I've read the whole Bible. I haven't studied the whole Bible. Um, but, I mean, how much did you really get out of it? You know, the people that do, I'm going to do the Bible in a whole year. And it's like, okay, why are you really doing that? Because... To read the whole Bible in a year, you have to speed read almost, right. and you're not really you're not able to. You're not able to really study the Scripture. It's almost bragging rights. I know back in 2011, uh, I was on a mission trip, and one of the things that I was doing, you know, the big thing back then was checklists. You know, are you just checking the box? You know, right. for God. Yes. And uh, and I remember I was reading just different uh, books of the Bible, kind of kind of scattered. <laughs> And in my Bible, I literally went to the table of contents as as I finished a book or a letter, I checked Checked it it off off. and I got so convicted and I'm like, I'm literally doing, I'm literally checking a box. Right. Like this is not the way we're supposed to be. Right. All this to say is that as you, there's, there may be several different kinds of people that are listening to this episode. You may... You may have grown up in church. You may be, you may be an atheist at this point. You may be running away from God. You may be, uh, maybe, maybe you're a so-called Christian, but you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with the church. I understand these things. I, I, I get it. Um, one of the things that we're offering in this in this ministry is, um, I guess, counseling, uh, life coach, whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm not licensed. To do this, but just just biblical advice essentially is what we're offering, and it and it's free. And if if you're struggling as an atheist, or if you're like you're just struggling with I don't want to deal with the church, please come come and reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. Um, we we want to pour into people because I'll tell you what, as pastors, we've been church hurt. Well, and bad. that's kind of where I am right now too. Yeah. It's like you know. Um, that old illustration of kid puts their hand on the stove and gets burned. That's how they learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That's kind of where I am with the church right now. I the, have been the church is the stove. And I you have put been your burned hand on it, and yeah. And so I've kind of, kind of yeah. got to like you know, right. That's kind of where I am with church right now. Yeah, and 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 I I get that, and you know, in this ministry, we're doing our best. Like this is not to, this is not to bash the church. It's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to enlighten people. No, I love the church. I was raised yeah. in the church. I have. What's well, the body of Christ? It's the body of Christ. It's not a service. It's the body of Christ. Right. But I have been wounded. Yes. And I just need some time to heal. Right. Um, yeah. And if you need time to heal, if you're listening to this episode and you have, you, you just need time to heal, that's okay. Uh, but again, please come talk to us because it's very important to be a part of the body. Uh, that's just that's just what we're supposed to do. Um, you you can't you cannot have Christianity without the body of Christ. That is, that is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but church hurt is real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I want to be able to encourage people. That's a whole nother yes. podcast oh, I, oh, absolutely. in and of itself. So yeah. we should probably wrap this up. I think we've gone past our, yes, we definitely past our time. And I don't want people listening or watching going, <laughs> when are they going to shut up? Right. No kidding. Well, if you're a listener today and, and you're a part of the church, examine yourself make sure make sure that you're not one of those hypocrites um make sure that if you have a problem with somebody make sure you practice matthew 18 go and talk to your brother or sister in christ and try to win them back don't just go behind their back and gossip behind them uh you know if they're a staff member don't go to the uh, one of the teams or the deacons and you know and and talk to them Go talk to the staff member. Go talk to the person. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. And we'll talk more about uh, that another day. But So next week, we're going to continue talking about youth ministry, and we're actually going to have a guest with us. An actual student? Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a person, a human being. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Uh, and they'll, they'll introduce themselves next week, but um, they, they are Generation Z. They All are, right. It's a young fellow, and uh, I, I think he's got a. Actually, no, I, I know he has a lot of really, really good things to say. And actually, I mean, I, I, I'm 34 years old, and this guy's 18. And honestly, I've learned from him probably as much as he's learned from me. <laughs> you know, um, uh, we'll we'll talk more well, about that'll be people. fun. Yeah, next week. Yes. So thank you all for joining us. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next week in episode three. Thanks.